Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program. It is Sunday, January 3rd, 2021. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. Big show coming up for you tonight. Mr. Arthur Staple of The Athletic will be joining us. And as you can see, we got the brand new live streaming Twitch show here. The new APM start. And uh, big thanks to uh, Scott Malkin and John Ledecky for funding the time machine. <laughs> to allow us to uh, broadcast from ice level That's right, at yes. the UBS Arena. We're actually in the future right now. It's <laughs> you got, you got really nice. You guys are going to like it. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's, it's actually beautiful in here. So, uh, folks, want to thank you so much for tuning in to our debut show here on Twitch. A lot of fun here. Training camp yes. is getting underway. Today was day one, although the Islanders did not hit the ice. But we got plenty to talk about. So, Christian... How we doing? My name's Sean Cuthbert, by the way. With me, as always, is Mr. Christian Arnold. What's going on, How everybody? Going, yes, very excited. Obviously, the new Twitch uh, Twitch format that we've launched yeah. today. Very excited about it. Sean and I have been working on it for the last couple <laughs> and weeks. And we still managed to botch uh, the... Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> technology. What can you say? We're going to screw it up at least once or twice. Yeah, it's show. the first one. So, yeah. you know, it's the, it's the pilot, as they yes, say. Yes, so, so I think this will be picked up for a full season. Yeah, I, what we'll told. see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what network yet, but we're going to figure that out. They've all been coming to me <laughs> saying, you know, we like what you're doing and uh, we want you to be part of us. So we'll Indeed. See. So, folks, I want to remind you all that we are sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great people, and great service, and you can check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. Also, we are st- sponsored by Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company, providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. And we'd also like to thank our brand new sponsor, that is Hewlett. <laughs> Hold on a second. Hewlett House of <laughs> Tires. <laughs> um, great stuff over there. Go to HewlettHouseOfTires.com. And uh, we really want to thank them for being a sponsor here. And uh, they're helping us out here. That's through Go Hockey Media. So, folks, welcome to the show. Lots to talk about. And I guess we'll start with training camp, buddy. You were uh, involved in that Zoom call. So why don't you uh, talk about that? Yeah, so training camp underway finally after what I think a lot of people felt may not ever come, uh, considering where uh, negotiations were between the NHL and the NHLPA. And, you know, it's nice to finally get to that point where we're talking hockey. You know, we're not talking speculation of what's coming, what's not coming. Obviously, day one of training camp overshadowed by the fact that Matthew Barzal has not signed a contract yet with the New York Islanders, still an unsigned contract. Restricted free agent, though. The one thing I think if you're an Islander fan is that you're taking solace in the fact that so many of the guys today talked about how confident they are that Matthew Barzal will be here come the start of the season. And and I I think a lot of the guys use the phrase, uh, you know, they expect them to sign soon. So the first day, I'm still feeling pretty good about it. I mean, obviously, look, today is the first day of training camp and obviously would like to have seen pen to paper already have this guy good to go. We already know he's on the island. We already know he's waiting to go. And maybe they're just ironing out some finer details. And I think we're going to have some good news pretty soon, or he'll be out there on the ice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the case. And and we were talking about it before the show. The one thing that uh, I noticed, and again, I'm sure people will correct me if I'm wrong. You know, we got a full chat going on here during the during the Twitch stream, which it. is really Love cool it. to see. By the way, so no, someone just asked if the full show will be uh, available. You can watch the full show. If you can't stay the entire time yes. on Twitch, it will be there on our Twitch channel just, as well. Just like the audio podcast, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Yeah, 100%. But mm-hmm. the one thing Sean and I were talking about before the show was that um, the one thing I remember, at least, you know, I'll use John Tavares as an example, um, because you know when you think of star players, Tavares is one here before with the Islanders. Obviously, a little bit of a different situation than I mean, a big different, big difference in a situation than Barzal. <laughs> a few things, yeah. Um, but the one thing I do remember from that, and again, people will correct me if I'm wrong, is that the certainty of which the players were talking about Barzal returning. I don't remember the same certainty as when the whole Tavares kerfuffle right. was going on. Right. This, this is a point where you have Bo saying he's talked to Barzell, you know, every day or every other day. Eberly was saying he's talked to Barzell. Uh, and there was a lot of confidence behind those statements. I know right. someone tweeted at me. It sounded, you know, it's, oh, it's just 
hockey talk, and I, right. I don't I don't think that was hockey player speak. This is the one time where I was I I, I listened to these calls. You know, we were talking with these guys, mm-hmm. and there seemed to be a lot of sincerity behind that. And I think the one of the best ways it was summed up was by Eberle, who said he loves he loves being an Islander. Right. He loves being here, uh, and he expects the deal to be signed soon. So I think there's that Islander fans should take solace in that fact yeah, because it seems like it's coming. It seems like they're speaking as if it's a foregone conclusion. Right. Now, why it hasn't been announced yet or it's done, whatever the reason may be, who knows. But as long as he's there for training camp, as long as he's there for game one against the Rangers, <laughs> <laughs> which is coming up. We're 11 days away. Islander hockey's coming. So excited. But, yeah, I think he's going to be there. And, um, you know, anybody who's still worrying about it, I mean, look, he only has, has so much as far as pull anyway, right? right. He's a restricted free agent. The right. guy wants to play. As you said, Everly said he loves playing. He's going to be there. So yeah, I, no, I wouldn't no lose too much it. sleep over it. Right. And understandably, I know I've been saying on the show for, for weeks leading up to this 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 launch of the new uh, version <laughs> of our show that, oh, I expect him to be here. I expect him to sign before camp. Oh, I expect yep. him to uh, So I, I was thought, wrong. I thought we would be talking about good news. I'll 100% say yeah. I'm wrong when I'm wrong. And I was wrong about that. But obviously, right. I think there's something a little more uh, at play. And I, I know we kind of... We kind of were playing speculation last week and saying that maybe this is right. a longer term deal. Um, another thing that I thought of Which would and, be nice, right? And another thing that I thought of too is perhaps the Islanders are still trying to work out the, the economic mechanics of the whole thing, trying to work fit everything yeah, under the cap, the cap and, and all that. Obviously, that's a whole other animal. So mm-hmm. there could be other reasons why this thing isn't fully done yet. Um, so, but I agree with Sean. I think we're both kind of on the same page there. That there's something in the works. That this isn't something Islander fans will have to worry about, and the, the not playing. Uh, game, you know, playing games without Mar- Matt Barzal isn't going to be something on on the table come uh, yeah January. What is it, January sixteenth, fourteenth, my 14th. friend, fourteenth. That's right. Ranges at the Garden. Exciting stuff. So another guy who will not be signing with the New York Islanders, who recently signed with the Arizona Coyotes, Derek Broussard, has moved on right to uh, warmer pastures. Yes, much <laughs> it's warmer. It's going to be a lot hotter over much there. Warmer. But yeah, he's a guy I wouldn't have minded sticking around, and it sounded like a little while that he might, and for whatever reason. Uh, maybe he just didn't want to wait it out anymore because he seemed happy here. Yeah, no, I think this. I think it was it was a certain situation where the Islanders, I guess, were on the table for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Dave Pagnota, who from the fourth period, who we've been on the show a couple times, right? Uh, or once, I should say. Um, <laughs> also, right. <laughs> had said that the, that was something that could be in the works. That he, he was the one kind of reporting a lot of that information. But it seemed at the end of the day, the, nothing a, a deal wasn't able to come to come to fruition. And then this is an opportunity now for the Wallstroms and the Bellows, and um, you know, really to kind of take that chance and take that next step and uh, become a, a part of the owners. Uh, you know. Going forward on the the NHL roster, I should say. Yeah, and and we've been focusing on that third line for a while now during this offseason because, I mean, it really is the main question of this team. We pretty much know up and down the roster what everything else is going to be. But now it it, it shines a brighter light on it because now you know that there's two spots that are kind of not guaranteed that are up in the air. You know, you would have penciled Broussard in probably to one of those spots unless he was completely outplayed. And I think, too, well, not only that, but I think there was some good chemistry between Pajot and Broussard, so I think it would have been a natural fit, but Mm -hmm. but you still have to figure out the other side of that, uh, the other other open winger slot. So now instead of having one open winger slot, you have two, which, again, it's an exciting opportunity. It's also an interesting conundrum the Islanders find themselves in because it's such a short camp. How do you evaluate that spot to the best of your ability? And not only that, but there's not going to be any exhibition games. That's right, that's right. So Barry's just going to have to use practice as his guide. Yeah, and yeah. we have seen with with this coaching staff and with Lou Lamarillo that they like their veterans <laughs> and they kind of like to shield their young guys. So while everybody might be excited about Wallstrom, maybe even Bellows, you know, I would not be surprised if we see somebody like Dal Cole and maybe even Komarov start out there. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but it would not shock me if Barry kind of goes with old reliable before he throws the kids to the wolves, so to speak. Yeah, it'll be interesting, I think, too, because um, there are, as teams, there are a bit of, bit of options there for that, that, that third-line spot, a couple options. Not only when you're talking about Komarov and you're talking about um, you know, Ross Johnson potentially being in there, Michael Dow Cole right. as well, who uh, I think earned himself. Maybe. Yeah, Koivula. Yeah. Uh, Dow Cole, I think, especially kind of earned himself uh, to be in the conversation. I think he's developing to a, a pretty good third line. Barry bottom seems six to trust forward. him. Yeah. yeah, and you know what you're going to get with Michael mm-hmm. Dow Cole, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, and this is, in, in fairness, on the, on the flip side of the conversation, it is understandable why you would maybe be a little more cautious because mm-hmm. with a 56-game schedule, you don't have the luxury of – so having some games where these these guys are going to go out to and, feel them out, yeah, and right. be able to develop a little more and make yeah. those mistakes. Every game is going to be crucial, especially when you're playing the same opponent eight times and during the course of the regular season. It's a good point. Yeah, Barry's really going to have to 
hone in on who he feels is going to win him the most games. Yeah. So, you know, unless unless there's any surprises and they bring somebody in from the outside, obviously we've got some quotes from Lou saying that's not looking likely. Right, right, right. But, you know, you take that with a grain of salt. You never know what he might have cooking in the background. But assuming that doesn't happen, uh, it's really hard to tell who's going to get those spots. I think, and that's just going to be the main focus of this training camp is really seeing who shines you know, skating with Pajot. It's yeah. going to be interesting to see who's even, you know, in the drills, you know, during practice, who they're throwing out there with him and who's getting a little more time with Pajot. And, and, and maybe we kind of start to see, you know, uh, it develop who's going to end up taking those spots. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and it adds a little bit of intrigue. I th- you know, Barry, Barry Trotz was talking about it today during these calls about the competition and the fact that, you know, this, this is a great opportunity for these guys, you know, these young kids to kind of make their, their mark and make, make a push for uh, some of these these veterans' job, and you know he doesn't want anyone to feel complacent or feel like their their position is secure. So it, it's an exciting prospect from that vantage point because you have different options that could be there, and you have these these younger guys kind of pushing for a, a roster spot and have a legitimate chance or being legitimately being in the conversation. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, is there anybody in your mind that has a has a front runner, you know, kind of spot for those? I mean, outside of the veterans we were talking about, I know, I know, we talked about Wallstrom last week, and I think Wallstrom kind of, in my mind at least, is the one that if uh, you know we're talking about some of the younger guys, I think he would be the one where it would make the most sense Mm -hmm. because he's been playing. You know, he was overseas; he had a pretty uh, successful trip over there, and the the ten games or so that he was playing over in Sweden, he's probably going to be the most seasoned guy on the ice when when it comes to the start of camp on Monday. So, I, I think if we're talking about the young guys, he would definitely be one of the ones that are up there, at least at the start of the uh I'm pulling for him because they need a guy who can score. They need they need some more firepower out power out there. So if, if they can get a guy like him who can who can compliment Pajot and get some pucks in the net from the bottom six, I think that'd be great. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean I mean Pajot too, I I I think we really saw why the Islanders went out and, and spent what they spent to go get JG Pajot last year during the playoffs and even when he got here during the regular season for the seven games or so that he that he got to play in before COVID kind of ruined everyone's life. <laughs> right. Um and you really but again you really saw it in the playoffs because mm-hmm. His his value obviously on the ice is is was on display every game, but I think off of it really uh, went to show you just how much he believed in, in in this team and coming here to this organization and wanting to be here. He was on the call today. Obviously, I'm sure people who are listening and watching this saw the the uh, the quotes from um uh, saw the quotes from. Uh, wow, I lost my train of thought because Sean's trying to talk to me, <laughs> buddy. It's okay, you know. We'll pick it up because we got a break for Arthur anyway. So, folks. 830. 830. 830. 830. 830. 830. 830. I'm so used to 815. Yeah. So, no, this is great. You know what? Everybody gets to see us flipping and flapping here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> first episode. Great to, great to yeah, that's right. I forgot it was 830. Yes. All this right, is, so then we'll keep talking. This is so, why I keep you on track. So you're this talking is, about... This is the value I brought to the show. You get to I see us make clowns this. out of ourselves. Yes, I brought this to Sean's <laughs> attention. This is the value I bring to the show. If anything else, I keep him on track. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> but what I was getting at is Pajot was talking on the call today. Best, best decision he ever made, right? Best decision he right. ever made. The coming right. to the Islanders and signing the extension, which I think right. speaks to volumes to just what this organization is building, too, and that players are starting to see that. Okay. And it's something that I, I'm, you know, Islander fans are, are so used to... So used to the opposite, I'm sure that they're very thrilled to see some, a guy like J.G. Peugeot say that. Yeah, I mean, I was happy to read that for sure. I mean, it's it's a far cry from from guys running away from contracts from the <laughs> Islanders. So it's nice to hear that, and everybody got to see his worth there in the playoffs, and I'm so excited to see him for a full season on this team to see how they yeah. can you know match up against this, this tough division that we're going to be seeing. But another guy we're going to be keeping eyes on during training camp is the White Whale. Ilya I don't know Sorokin. who you're talking about. Yeah, Who's right. That <laughs> right. The Russian goaltender himself, the second Russian goaltender yes. himself, Ilya Sorokin. Very curious to see just how much Barry is going to trust him in the beginning. How many games he's going to get into? You have any you have any guesses on how many games you might see him get? Yeah, into? I mean, I think we talked about it before. I was mm-hmm. I was looking at that that twelve fifteen mark. I I, I mean, I guess, right. but who knows? You know, Barry was talking about the way that the schedules laid out this year, and you kind of have the opportunity because of the the lack of travel, because the you know the nor the, the um, Eastern Division, North Division, whatever the heck they're calling it. Um, nothing, nothing the, the exciting. East. The East Division. Yeah, it's um, very boring. Why, why not go back to the to the names? Get the Smythe and the Patrick and the Norris back. <laughs> I mean, I know we've talked about it before, but it's just so boring. But you're, you're in that division. You're basically it's basically the Northeast Corridor of Amtrak, so it's a very <laughs> right. easy trip for right. uh, for these teams to yeah. make. So you're you're not kind of uh, hindered by the heavy travel that you would under a normal year. 
uh, where you're going across the country and all these different places, and you're playing one night in Long Island, and then you're playing the next night in you know Winnipeg, and or the next you know next couple of games are in Winnipeg and out west. So you don't have that cumbersome travel that you'd usually have. And now it gives the Islanders a little bit more of an opportunity to play the same goaltender on back-to-back nights or in consecutive games, where it's not necessarily a problem where you're worrying about is the travel affecting them um, and all these different intricacies that go into you know kind of who you end up choosing to be the starter that night. So, And I agree with you. I don't think necessarily that uh, Barry Trotz is going to want to throw Sorokin into the fire, but right. that could change. He could have a great camp, and you know Trotz could say, hey, this is a kid that I think deserves an opportunity to be thrown into the fire. And the beauty of it is you don't have to force him in there. Semyon Varlamov had a great season last year. He had a phenomenal yeah. playoffs. You know, He definitely won them some games during oh, the playoffs. 100%. So you can kind of bring him along. And there's no rush to get him in there. They're, they're not desperate to get him between the pipes. Right. And it seems like he's very understanding of the situation. It doesn't seem like he's in a rush. It doesn't seem like there's going to be any sort of ego issues and, you know, everything I did over in the KHL, right. you know, why don't you put me in there sort of thing. I think he understands his role and that he's going to have to adjust to the North American game, the smaller rank. Yes. And we're going to see Semyon Varlamov start at least game one, and he'll probably get the bulk of them. And... and but the good thing is, you know, we know what Sorokin's capable of overseas. And should anything happen to Varlamov, injuries, what have you, you got somebody who can step in there. And I'd like to think, hopefully, either as good or maybe even better than Thomas Grice, because he obviously did a fantastic job while he was here, too. Well, not only that, but you do, you will have another veteran uh, as an option, too, if Sorokin ends up having to take over that top mantle because of injury or illness or something like that, because you're also, you're going to have. Um, you're going to have Corey Schneider here. So you have another veteran, experienced goaltender yes. that's you know, been, been through the ropes and going to understand the, the trials and tribulations that come with starting in the National Hockey League. But for Sorokin's sake, too, um, you know, a lot of the guys had a, had a lot of complimentary things to say about him um, who have been working with him the last couple of weeks right. since he's been here in New York and mm-hmm. on Long Island, especially Jordan Eberle, who's saying – um, because of the way practice has been set up, they've been doing a lot of scrimmages and three-on-threes. Mm-hmm. And one thing that he noticed was the fact that Sorokin is making a lot of saves and you know his, his quickness and agility, and he's making a lot of tough saves that, that he doesn't see from a lot of goaltenders, which I think says a lot sure. coming from a guy like Jordan Eberle. So it's certainly uh, another uh, you know notch for him going into the season and, and you know being prepared and being ready to, to make that jump to the NHL mm-hmm. and obviously living up to those expectations that a lot of Islander fans have considering the pet degree that he comes with uh, from the KHL and from his international play. It has been a long road, and it's crazy that we're actually only 11 days from seeing Ilya Sorokin on an Islander bench. He's actually going to be involved in games that actually mean something. I mean, he hung out with the team the whole time during the return to play, during the playoffs. You know, he was practicing with them the whole time. But now he's actually going to be part of the squad on the bench and, you know, eventually get a start. It's going to be really exciting. Did you see his, um, his mask artwork, by the way? Yes, I saw it making awesome. rounds. It's got on, the lighthouse uh, the in the front. Media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these guys are embracing the the old fisherman stuff. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we've talked about it to death <laughs> on this show. You know, know where I stand. I'm very much in favor of the team kind of re embracing that that. Uh, they that are scheme. everywhere, but on the ice. <laughs> if you walk into the, I was in the pro shop a couple of days ago, and that logo is everywhere. Hats, shirts. Sweaters and even those new high tops. Did you see those vans? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I may or may not have gotten there. <laughs> <All right, no. laughs> Maybe total impulse buy. <laughs> well, apparently, well, apparently, now, not, not when I was there. Yeah, sure, yeah. but uh, not when I was there. But apparently, once they came out, there was a line outside the door for these things. Really? Yes. Yeah. The the guy in the shop was telling me that they had guys lined up all around. You know, the outdoor rink. Yeah, they were all lined up around the outdoor yeah. rink to get in and buy them. And I didn't know he was telling me. That apparently there was only a 500 limited run of Oh, wow. Yeah, so I saw this like pile of boxes of them, and I was like, you guys getting any more? And he's like, this is it. Like, and they were almost completely sold out. There was maybe like 10, 20 left. So even you, uh, you, you old school Islander fans out there, <laughs> <laughs> the youth is embracing it. So you're just going to have to try to live together with this because the Fisherman logo isn't going anywhere. You may not see it on the, on the uniforms. You may not see it on the ice. But it's it is here to stay because it is making this team money. So who who was it? Alan Hahn, who was on Twitter a couple weeks back, kind of bemoaning the fact that the uh, yes the light of the uh, the fisherman is kind of making its its return. Yeah, yeah, it was. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we uh, we we unsuccessfully uh, tried to get him on the show. <laughs> it didn't work well, I mean, out. I think you just sent him a tweet, and, and to be honest, I it did. wasn't the most effective way to. I suppose to not. Try and book you a you guest. probably need to actually get in t- contact with these people. Yes, makes but, it a lot uh, easier to book guests. But I would love to have a chat about that. I'm sure there's some people groaning as <laughs> as I say that right now. But 
Yeah, it's not going anywhere. I mean, look, these teams are entitled to make their money. That's right. that's what they're in business to do. And the Fisherman logo is everywhere, and it's not going to go But again, you're seeing it not only embraced by the younger fans, but also right. by the players. You know, Obviously, Sorokin putting it on his, on his mask. Uh, Anders Lee is someone who rocks the, um, you know, the Fisherman hat every once in a while. You see it. So, you know, those are guys who are embracing kind of a, a very interesting part of the Islanders' past. Right. Um, and I guess trying to almost reinvent it for, for a positive yeah. future, considering where the team is. And obviously, the expectations coming off of a run to the Eastern Conference Final for the first time since 93. And you could sense today the fact that some like that is something that really had a significant impact on on everyone that that played in it from the guys who you know were out there on the ice and and you know went through the the hardships of game six and losing and obviously we remember the emotions to it from the from the guys like Adam Pellick and, and Casey Zekas who had to watch that game and couldn't get a chance to play in it and I think you could see and you could get a sense of just how much that meant for them to be able to play in it and how much it, it hurt for guys like Sezikis and Pellick to not be able to play there, not to be able to contribute, not help their teammates in a time when, you know, they felt like they were just a couple wins away from getting to the, the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, and I loved the quote uh, regarding Barry Trotz, how he's still sore over the loss. Yes. I love something. It. I think I think it was something to the effect of, I'll take that to my, you know, that's one thing I'll take to my death. Yeah, day. yeah. It's awesome to hear. I mean, that's the kind of coach that you want, you know? Like, sure, you got to move on from these things. <laughs> but, I mean... You know, when you think about it, they were that close, that that close to going to the finals. And, yeah. I'll, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face: I really think they could have beat Dallas. I really do. Houlda, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Of course, point. it's it's. But you know, dare to dream. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, don't don't lose too much sleep over it. <laughs> but you can think about it every now and then. They were not that close, especially for a guy like me. Ninety-three was the last time, and you know, I barely remember it. <laughs> so I was a I was a wee child back then. Well, I think I could probably do you one better. I think there were a lot of Islander fans, in, you know, who who were following that team, and even when you know when I was down in Republic Airport when the team returned from from Canada, yeah, a lot of the fans there were a lot younger, and, and none of them were alive or born yet when the ninety-three team was going to the the Eastern Conference Final. So it, it certainly was a whole new ball game, not only for for the fan base, but for the players. You know, again, you're talking about a lot of these guys who have been New York Islanders their entire career. The, you know, the Anders Lees, the Josh Baileys, those guys mm-hmm. who have been here, and that was their first run. And I think that probably meant equally as much and why it stings so much because these are guys who are, you know, tried and true New York Islanders. And they, you know, their passion for the organization um, is on display on a, on a constant basis. And to be able to get that far and just come that short of getting to a, a pretty high milestone, even if you don't win the cup, and, but you get there, yeah. um, you know, you could tell that stung. And, and that's certainly something you want to see going into the next season. Absolutely. They're still hungry. That's what you want to see. No complacency. You want to see them coming back and just looking to get to that next step. Get to the cup final. See what happens. 56-game run. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it's certainly it's certainly not out of the question. I think this, no. this team um, is, in a, is in a very good position. Um, and I think you're seeing this team, uh, as long as they can kind of recreate the success they had and, and, again, just adhere to the Barry Trotz style of, of hockey, then they're in a pretty good spot. They're in a pretty good spot. Obviously, they're in a tough division with Boston with all these really tough teams, the Rangers, the you know Philadelphia Flyers, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Washington Capitals, perennial playoff teams, right. except for the New York Rangers the last couple of years. But what a you shame know, perennial playoff teams, it is tough. It is tough. Yes. Yes, it is. So one man, we're talking about him in 2021, <laughs> who did not get an invite to training camp. And I guess we got to talk about it because it was a topic that people were talking. I got involved with some, with some conversation over it, too, on Twitter. Josh Hosang, the recently qualified and signed individual, has not been given an invite to, to uh, training camp. What's going on with that? It certainly is an interesting situation, to say the least, because I just don't really understand, I guess, at this point, what the Islanders' plan is with, with Jose. Because his thought, and, and you know, I, I think his agent expressed that to a couple outlets that, that went in and talked to him, including the New York Post and Molly Walker, who's been on this program before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, um, I think another website, I have to give him credit, Isles on Isles, too, reached out to his agent, and they were very surprised mm-hmm. about the fact that um, that this was the decision that the Islanders made. But it, it was certainly interesting the way Lou phrased it on Thursday, Lou Lamarell, the Islanders general manager, mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that he said, we looked at everyone that, that's going to be here and yeah. make the taxi squad, and he just wasn't, he wasn't good enough. Which was, it, 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 it's confusing. It's confusing because, it, I'm, and I'm sure if you're Josh Hosang, <laughs> it's, it's extremely frustrating. Well, and you or, feel bad or, for the or, guy. Or he knows. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's always going to be 
speculation for us until the book comes right, out. Right. Until, <laughs> exactly. until somebody that was actually involved in all of this stuff, who knew what was going on, comes out and tells us. And all we can do up until this point is just either speculate, assume, right. whatever the case may be. Now, I got into a back and forth with uh, my pal Ryan on Twitter. And, you know, like, I don't... I don't think Lou Lamarillo was doing this intentionally to, to, to hurt Josh Hosang in any way. There must be some sort of reason, again, that we may never find out. Right. But, I mean, come on. The guy didn't sign him just so he can say, ha-ha, you can't play with anybody else. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, come on. I, I think I would, I'm... Want to give them the benefit of the doubt too, because it just—it's just so mean spirited to even think of something. Yeah, in and, that, and in imagine that, way. that going around the locker room or going around the league. Like, what players are gonna? You know, that stuff spreads. And that—and like, that was gonna be my next point. The one thing you see, especially in this day and age, is you know, you look what happened with a couple coaches. You know, even Mike Babcock in Toronto. Yeah. Um, the way they treat their players and their personnel, it comes right. out. Yeah. We're not, we're not in a day and age where this stuff. My secret. Commodore was not shy about my right. Babcock. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So this stuff doesn't stay hidden anymore. Right. So if this was a thing where Lou Lamarillo had done this to other people or anything like that, it would have come out by now. It would have right. come out by now a, a long time ago, especially when, when everything was going on with Babcock and the other coaches that, um, you know, were kind of feeling the heat of some of their past actions. So I, I don't know. I agree with you. I think, I don't think it's out of a mean spirited place, but it certainly is confusing. It sends mm-hmm. a confusing message to, I think everybody, because why bring Hossein back in the first place? If you don't think he's going to make your taxi squad or he's not going to be here, is it, is he, is he, is it just to, you know, he's going to fill out a roster spot in the AHL. Maybe that's good maybe, for him. Yeah. Maybe he learns to, to kind of clean up some of the stuff in his game. And that leads to another contract somewhere else. Maybe yeah. that, maybe this ends up being the best case scenario for him. He goes and plays in NHL Bridgeport. If they have a season, and everything works out there. Right. And he, he's able to continue his career elsewhere after the season. Yeah, I hope we find out one day. I do. But it's just, it's a total mystery and it doesn't make any sense. And again, hopefully Nick Hershon or Alan Hahn or somebody's working on the book. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's going to figure it out. Let us know because it'll be an interesting read because it's just been such a long drawn out ridiculous saga that just yeah, no, never ends. I, I mean the crazy thing is I remember a couple of years ago saying we'll still be talking about this in 2023 <laughs> and we're two years away from that right we're, you're we're, not that far off we're not that, far, not off, that far off which is, which is, really which is pretty insane that's insane so that's folks now we will go to break because yes. we got Arthur Staple from The Athletic coming so want to thank all you guys for tuning into our debut show here at twitch.tv slash hockey night ny remember you can also tune in live or for the archives there or at hockey night ny.com for the audio and you can also still listen to us at all your favorite podcasting platforms we're going to take that break we will be right back clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country. You'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800. That's 516-856-7800. 7800 or visit them on the web at tietechnology.com. That's Thai, T-I-E, technology.com. Thai Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service. The only thing better than a great Long Island deli is a great Long Island deli run by diehard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels, along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying... Yes, yes, yes. Did you- 
Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders Therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. It is now time for On the Line, brought to you by Thai Technology. And joining us right now from The Athletic is none other than Arthur Staple. Arthur, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing very well. Appreciate you coming on. So hockey is back. Training camp is back. We're 11 days from the Islanders' first game of the season against the New York Rangers. So why don't we just start right off the bat here with training camp. What are you expecting to see? There will not be any exhibition games. It's going to be short and sweet. What are you looking to see out of this Islander team in camp before they before skates hit the ice against the Rangers? Well, I guess the first thing we learned today is <clears throat> we'd like them to have a full complement of guys. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm sure we'll get to that, but it is, it is a little strange to have Matthew Barzell not in the fold. I don't think there's any real cause for concern just yet. But uh, but it's not something we see around the Islanders very often. You know, when Charles Wong owned the team, he had a rule that if you weren't signed by the time, by the the morning of this first day of camp, you didn't sign all year. So that really cut down on any of these unsigned RFA situations. Uh, but it certainly wasn't anybody as big as Barzell that would that brought it down to the wire. And I, obviously, things have changed now. So um, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the big question mark right now. But I think as far as the rest of it goes. You know, you, you have to have a lot of faith in Barry Trotz and his coaching staff. They certainly navigated the return to play back in the summer really well. Uh, after having a few months off, they you know they hit the ground running there. It was only scrimmages that they could have with that group. And obviously, you're heading into the playoffs. It's a little bit of a different scenario. But for this, you know, it's ten days. It's going to be a few scrimmages. They probably have a lot of guys uh, in the spots they already want to see them in when the season starts. So. Um, you know, I don't think there's a lot of, there's a lot open for debate right now, even though there may be a couple of open spots on the roster. I think, uh, Trotz and his staff have a pretty clear idea of what they want to see. And I think the players having gone through it already for that return to play, know what they have to produce as well before they get going. Arthur, I am curious if we were obviously talking about it and it's been the big topic of conversation the last, you know, weeks leading up to this training camp. At what point do you think we see a new contract from Matthew, Matthew Barzell? I mean, I I think it wouldn't surprise me if it happened tomorrow morning, uh, maybe a day or so after that. There's not a lot of time, you know. That that's the element that's a little bit concerning is that uh, you talk about a short camp with no with no exhibition games. You don't want to be behind in any way, shape, or form. And he's got to get in and do all the the medical and fitness testing that his teammates did today. Um, you know, he's got to get on the ice and get get in the program. He certainly knows it well enough from the last couple of years. But I don't think you want to you want to stand out in any way. That that's kind of the hallmark of this team. Even though Barzal is, is head and shoulders the most talented guy that they have, and is uh, you know has had some really good moments these last couple of years. I think when you see his his point numbers go down to you know from that Calder Trophy winning rookie year, you know, and he knows that there's some sacrifice involved. And part of sacrificing is putting the team first, and part of putting the team first is making sure everybody's there when they need to be there. You don't want to separate yourself in any way or or stick out in any way. So, you know, I don't think this is going to drag on too long. <clears throat> I kind of wonder if um, we'll see maybe some movement. You know, I, I tweeted earlier that they didn't release an official roster, which all 30 other teams did today, or at least or by today. So I wonder if maybe Lou Lamarillo has something up his sleeve in terms of changing that roster a little bit, sending someone out. Uh, you know, it's hard to really know. There's nothing ever leaks out of there. But uh, that's true. But I, w- I wonder if by tomorrow we'll see something a little bit uh, a little bit different, and maybe that involves a Matthew Barzell signing. Arthur, let's go down this this uh, path for a second. Oh boy, um, what could, <laughs> considering the Islanders' cap situation, what could be done um, as far as making another move? Maybe, like you said, the roster hasn't been released. Every other team in the NHL has released their roster. What could possibly be done to make a move, and where would the Islanders even be looking at, at this point to to make a move at? You know, I think it's really simply getting one of the contracts that's a little bit onerous off of their cap. You know, whether it's Leo Komarov, uh, Thomas Hickey, you know, fingers crossed, Andrew Ladd, whose you know, contract seems pretty immovable. There's still a couple of teams that have a decent amount of cap space and a couple of roster slots available. The Kings are one, the Devils are the other. That's really it at this point. So, you know, I think that's 
more what you're looking at, whether you take one of those second round picks that they got for Devon Taves and package it with a Leo Komarov to, to get his money off the books. And it's not only about this year to make bars all fit. It's about next year as well. They're going to be in very similar situation uh, in the off season before the 21, 22 season with kind of needing contracts for Adam Pellick and Ilya Sorokin and Anthony Beauvillier and possibly looking to resign cases. Zekas, um, so you need flexibility whenever and wherever you can get it, even at this late a moment, you know, before training camp or after training camp has started. So <clears throat> that's generally what I what my mind drifts towards. You know, maybe you think that Zach Parise deal might be back on the uh, on the docket if there's a if that's a player that Lula Merlo is still very keen to get. Um, that would probably involve moving out a couple of contracts if the Wild were interested in that. Um, so it's you know it's hard to know any sort of specifics, but you'd have to think it would fall into the category of trying to dump some salary where it can be dumped, uh, and there are not many places to do that right now, as there weren't during the off season, which is why they didn't do it very much. It didn't really weren't able to, to accomplish it then either. We're talking to Arthur Staple from the Athletic. Arthur, let's talk a little bit about the new kid on the block, and that is Ilya Sorokin. Christian and I were talking about him a little bit before you came on. What are your expectations for him? Is he going to have primarily a backup role here? Do you think he'll ha- even have a chance at a 50-50 thing like uh, like Rice did with Varlamov, or you think they're going to bring him along slow and let uh, Varlamov take the majority of starts? No, I think initially they're going to schedule a lot of starts. You know, you, you think back to last season, even during that 17-game win, win, you know, unbeaten streak that they had at the beginning of the year. They, you know, Varlamov and Grice pretty much alternated starts all the way through it. Yeah. Uh, so I think they're, they're going to stay on schedule for the beginning part of this season. And then, you know, if you get an injury, you get someone who goes cold a little bit, you obviously have to adjust. But I would imagine through the beginning part, you're going to see uh, a fair bit of Varlamov. You're going to see a little bit less of Sorokin, and that's the way they're going to plan it out. And obviously you adjust if things need to be adjusted. But, um, you know, if there's one thing that we know about a Lula Merlo run team and a Barry Trotz coach team is that they never, they, there's no speeding up the, the process with, <laughs> right. uh, with some of the, with some of their newer, younger guys. And, and Sorokin's not a, he's not a rookie. He's not a teenager or anything. This is a guy who's been a pro, uh, you know, one of the best goalies who wasn't in the NHL around the world for a lot of years. But, um, but I think even he is probably already understood having, been here for a little while this off season that uh, they go slow around here and um, and if you want to be part of the program that's you, you got to go go along with it so you know I, I can't imagine in either language Russian or English that Sorokin would be someone who's <laughs> going to complain of complain about uh, starts right off the bat but uh, you know I think if all goes according to plan and everybody's healthy if he got you know 20, 20 to twenty five starts this year I think that would probably be uh, the target for the Islanders. Um, I'm sure for him it would be more, but uh, but I think it, what's most important is where he is when the season ends and not necessarily when it begins. I think that's a great point. And I think another big focus that's going to be in camp, and Christian and I also talked about this a little bit, is going to be that third line. It seems like everywhere else you kind of know who's going to be where for the most part. So you got two winger spots here for J.G. Pajot. And, you know, you talk about some of the young guys bringing brought along slowly when you think of guys like Wallstrom and Bellows. Do you see anybody that might have the, the upper hand in, in, in taking those spots, at least in the early going here, and how that might end up playing out? You know, I think it'll be interesting. I think you're going you're gonna to start off, um, you know, like I said, if if we're counting Barzal and nothing has changed there and, and nobody has been shipped out um you know i think again it's got to be a situation for barry trotz knowing him the way we all know him uh guys like wallstrom and bellows and otto koivola are going to have to going to have to exceed their expectations and work their way into those spots i wouldn't you know i think if they had their full top 12 forwards going on the ice tomorrow i it wouldn't surprise me to see michael dalcall on one side and leo komarov on the other of jg pajot and i'm sure that would elicit a lot of groans from Islander fans because it's the same old, same old. But that's what they're happy with. That's what they've had pretty decent success with. They haven't had the ultimate success with, but that's the way that they operate. So, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see it start out that way. Uh, whether camp finishes that way, I think is a lot. A lot of that is up to Oliver Wallstrom and Kiefer Bellows and Otto Koivula uh, and maybe even Simon Holmstrom, who might be in camp after uh, Sweden got uh, bounced from the World Junior mm-hmm. Tournament the other day. Um, 
So, you know, it's, it's again, the same situation there. Nothing is given, uh, you know, a couple of those guys had decent little cameos in the NHL last season, but, uh, but I don't think anybody was played to the sort of level where you said that guy's got to be a day one starter for us next year. It's just not the way that they operate. So, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be ordered the way that, uh, if you're thinking about it clear headed and reasonably that, that it would be. So, uh, um, yeah, I don't think you're going to see Wallstrom start in that spot. If we do, it'll be a pleasant surprise. Um, but I think it'll be some familiar faces in that so-called top 12 to start things off uh, tomorrow. For for those guys too, Arthur, I'm I'm curious about this. Do, do you think the fact that training camp obviously is much shorter and the fact that there won't be any exhibition games for the coaching staff to evaluate these guys more in a, in a game situation, do you, do you think that kind of works against a Wallstrom, a Bellows, a, a Coivola because they don't get that, ex- that experience and that exposure in front of the coaching staff in a situation like that? Yeah, you know, I think I think there's some pros and cons the way this is all going to get underway. You know, yes, with the short amount of evaluation time, they would have to show a lot in, you know, situations that aren't really considered super competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not everybody, obviously not everybody's going to be going full blast uh, against their own teammates. So um, you have to show stuff in an environment where guys are going 60% or 70%, and that's difficult to do uh, to change people's minds. But I think also, you know, something in their favor is that, um, you know, the when the season gets started on the 14th, we're still a couple weeks away, even from an AHL training camp. Um, you know, and I think you want your young guys playing games, um, you know, you, having them hang around to practice or be on the taxi squad is is not ideal. So I think that's an opportunity for at least a few of those guys to cycle in and out where they're not in a situation where they're missing any other developmental time by playing in the AHL. Um, you know, you even hope right now that there is an AHL season, whether it'll be 40 games or, or 50 or whatever, starting in February. So between January 14th and when it, when the AHL season is going to start, or at least when the AHL camp would get underway, it was probably 10 to 12 days. That's an opportunity to look at some guys uh, that aren't going to, you know, aren't going to benefit by just hanging around the the practice facility and and working out on their own. So, um, you know, I think there is an opportunity there. And I, and I think, uh, you know, and Christian, you were on, on the zoom today with Barry, when he says the taxi squad is kind of going to be the biggest challenge for coaches. It it is an interesting situation because you're going to have guys, you don't have to send an Andrew Ladd or, or a Leo Komarov, you know, to Bridgeport physically to Bridgeport, you can have them around and essentially they're in the minors, but also with your team. Right. And those are guys you don't have to worry about, um, you know, being prepared. They're pros. They've been pros for a long time. They don't need the games. Um, so that maybe works against the Wallstroms and the Bellows of the world. Those guys don't need waivers. Uh, and when right. the AHL season does get underway, that's, that's going to be a very developmental league this year. It's not going to be a place where you stash bad contracts because you can just, have those guys traveling with your team. So um, it's, it's all going to be very interesting and, and, and like, kind of like Cal, Cal, Cal Clutterbrook said today, it's, it's all real theoretical right now. It's, I, I'm fascinated to see what teams do with it, what the Islanders do with it. They do have a lot of candidates for a taxi squad that they don't need to be playing games in the AHL, but also right. um, they don't want guys like Andrew Ladd standing in the way of, of Oliver Wallstrom getting NHL experience. So, uh, so it's really going to be an interesting balancing act. And I think at least at the start, what happens on January 14th is not necessarily what's going to be happening for the bulk of the season, just because there will be no place to send guys to play games right then. Right. And, and speaking of the taxi squad, Arthur, I read an interesting piece from the athletic Toronto from your colleagues over there talking about potential for maybe for lack of better words, taxi squad shenanigans. As far as the cap goes, <laughs> you have all these teams like the Islanders that are kind of dangerously up against the cap and they're trying to figure out different ways to stay under it. And apparently there might be some loopholes here with this taxi squad where they may be able to bring guys in and out to kind of collect um, cap space over the course of the season. Do you see Lou, Lou Amarillo getting involved in that at all? I mean, the first real trick for them is once they get Barzell signed and announce these other deals for Matt Martin and, and uh, Andy Green and Corey Schneider and Dmitry Timoshov, who's another RFA that they picked up uh, in a trade from Detroit, um, they're going to need Johnny Boychuk's 
cap hit for long-term injured reserve. And the way that long-term injured reserve works is, is a tricky thing. So when the season starts, they really need to be using every last bit of that extra $6 million, uh, of Johnny Boychuk's cap so that they can have as high an adjusted salary cap for them going forward. So once they do that, then yes, I, I think you're going to see, um, you know, when you've got Islander Ranger games or Islander Devil games where they don't, you know, they don't, you don't even need to, or whoever, because you're going to have this taxi squad group with you. You're going to have rosters of 20 guys. You're not going to need 23 guys on your roster to to fill out anything or or make sure you're carrying a few, enough extra guys. They're all going to be right there and able to be called up. So, um, yeah, I think every team is is pretty much going to be taking advantage of that as the season goes along. The trick, of course, is that you're you're maximizing your cap space but to what end if if you want to make a trade with somebody where you got to quarantine the guy for a week when he gets in uh right. you're not going to wait till the trade deadline because then you've already lost another week uh, of having this guy in your roster so it's it is going to be interesting to see how teams manage you know being able to have this fle- cap flexibility with the taxi squad with the islanders have you know for ltir uh, i have no doubt that that Lou Lamarillo uh, and Steve Pellegrini, his cap guy, uh, have this all figured out, provided that uh, Barzal finally signs, of course. Um, <laughs> but it is it is a bit tricky at the beginning. As long as you do that, uh, they can have the right, they can play around with the taxi squad going forward. And and I think you're going to see a lot of nights uh, where they're playing a game. Uh, whether it's at, at the Garden or at the Coliseum or whatever, where it's just the, the guys that are in uniform on the ice, that's who they've got on their roster and uh, and everybody else's taxi squad or elsewhere. So it's, um, yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of that. And I think that was that was kind of the main concession, not only to the to COVID protocols uh, and the possibility of an outbreak, and that's, you know, that stuff comes first, but also because so many teams are up against the cap, I think everybody needed a little bit of, relief uh and making sure that that taxi squad didn't count against the cap and you could have those guys around essentially as a a traveling minor league crew um i think helps alleviate that for a lot of teams talking with arthur staple arthur we really do appreciate the time tonight and i do just want to leave you with this question uh i'll give you i'll give you a a scale one to ten how excited are you to see me back at uh back at the ring now that we're going to practices and games (laughs) how excited are you to see me arthur (laughs) be honest Well, I have to admit, uh, I will not be attending anything right off the bat. So um, I will miss your smiling face underneath the mask. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it is going to be interesting. Uh, you know, I I didn't go to any of the return to play practices either, and and uh, you know, we have some family health concerns here that kind of supersede me getting to see a couple of hours of practice and being in my car for a couple hours. So. I'll rely on you and your expert uh, <laughs> oh, ability at Twitter to keep me informed, <laughs> oh, which which means that I won't be informed even a little bit. <laughs> I love tw- it. Twitter is not your strong suit. You <laughs> do a lot of things really well, Christian, but I think we all know your Twitter game needs to get up a little oh, bit boy. here in 2020. I love it. I love it. Arthur, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us tonight. That was excellent. Really appreciate it. And uh, we hope to have you on again in the near future. All right, guys. Anytime. Thanks a lot. Take care. I set myself up for that one. You that totally was, did. That was, and I love, I loved every minute of it. I loved every minute of it. So now let's move back to the main screen. Yes, as we figure <laughs> out how to operate our our uh, our new equipment. Here we are. But that yeah. was okay. a great conversation. Arthur, Arthur yes. Ovi's a wealth and, of information, and I believe and we humor. may have had a little snafu with the audio in the beginning of the interview. If you did miss any audio watching live tonight, we will have all the audio afterwards, so you can catch that part of it. We apologize. We're uh, we're still working our way through <laughs> yes. this new world but, here on Twitch, but we really appreciate you guys hanging with us for sure and we do appreciate everyone in the chat which was the yeah, first what's place the chatter? what's going on over there everyone's what are you talking seeing? talking michael dal cole some okay. people are asking us about fans in the building okay um how's everybody's so, feet everybody can see the feet everyone so far it seems like everyone's <laughs> doing right, well i know right. i think there was maybe some choppiness so if anyone has any issues please do let us know i am yes. I'm keeping my uh my eye on the uh the chatter going on in the chat room very good glad if you're, you're if you're, you're watching it's probably why you see me looking down yeah apparently <laughs> I, apparently i should stay away from twitter according to arthur that was <laughs> he ain't wrong no that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> well awesome stuff from arthur yes. as always and yeah a lot of interesting stuff 
And I don't know. I'm just look. I'm just glad we're back here. I'm glad we're yes. talking about oh, it again. God, yes. All, <laughs> yes. all the speculation that's been going on. We can finally see these guys at camp. And you're going to be going to camp, right? Yeah. So camp starts tomorrow, which is. I mean, I've never been more excited to go see a practice in my life <laughs> ever. Seriously. I mean, we haven't seen. I haven't been in the building for a game since March. I think it was March seventh was the last game at Nassau Coliseum against okay. the Carolina Hurricanes. Right. So that'll be an exciting feat in itself, just to see a hockey game. At the Coliseum, and, and I think the one the one sad thing about this whole situation, I mean, among a lot of a lot of pain and, and suffering that a lot of people are going through throughout mm-hmm. the country and the world, um, and hopefully this this just is a great way to kind of take away some of that and, and get a little, back to a little bit of normalcy uh, for everybody, just being able sure. to see hockey again and, sure. and these teams being back in their own um, their own ranks and all that, but. Um, you know the one one disappointing thing from a hockey aspect is the fact that Nassau Coliseum won't have fans in it at least right now. At least right now, I know. The, I know that um, I'm hopeful for springtime. Yeah, I know. An Islander spokesperson told Newsday the other day that that um, that there right now there there isn't a plan to get people in the building, and then we talked about it the other week about John Ledecky saying the priority is making sure everybody's safe, which is exactly what you want the priority to be, not just sure. to rush people and, and and to make a quick buckets, make sure if people are coming back um, that. They are be, that there's that people can be safe and people can enjoy themselves and feel comfortable coming back to an arena and, and watching their team. But it, it will be a, a, a little disappointing, especially with this really being the Nassau Coliseum's final swan song. Um, not like in years past, where there was always that that hope and that possibility that the team would come back. This is this is really it. So I I, I hope. You're right, Sean. I hope in the spring when, um, you know, when a, it's my vibe. Yes. Yeah, when people who are right people <laughs> making much bigger decisions on a much bigger level can yeah. um, can get things together and make sure that this is uh, that this aspect of life can life can get back to normal safely and healthy and everyone can be safe. And obviously, we do want to take this moment to um to to, to send our best wishes to Paul Cartier, who yes. uh, is yeah. apparently from from what I saw also recovering from from about with COVID nineteen. So we, we wish him the best and, and absolutely we cannot wait to see him back uh, at his rightful place behind the organ at Nassau Coliseum uh, when he's feeling better. No question about it. Now, Christian, are you ready to do the hero of the week? Yes, yes, I Let's am. Let's do the hero of the week. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, gonna hit this little button here. <laughs> Oh, oh no! I hit button. the wrong button. Oh my god! See, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> all these these complete ridiculous mishaps right now—that's the right button. <laughs> all right, so folks, it is now time for the hero of the week. The By the line. way, can yeah. I just point out we Ooh. made incredible time. We went from UBS Arena and Elmont to Huntington, uh, the Blue Line Deli. Well, in about the, ten seconds. Well, that's the DeLorean that uh, Malkin and, and Becky gave us. I mean, <laughs> because, it takes us right there. It's fantastic. That's a, that's a forty-minute drive right there under normal circumstances. We're here. So We're here at the Blue Line Deli. So, great. folks, it and is it's t- daytime. What the hell? <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. So, folks, it is time for the Blue Line Deli and Bagel Hero of the Weeks, brought to you by the Half Price. Blue Line Deli and Bagels Hero of the Week. That is right. As you can see on your screen there, you have the Blue Liner. Very delicious. Chicken cutlet, bacon, melted American Russian dressing, and and a toasted garlic hero. You can get that for half price starting tomorrow through next Sunday, and we're going to do this every week. So if you didn't have enough reasons to get to the Blue Line Deli and Bagels already, you got another one. You got the half price hero. So with that, ladies and gentlemen... Christian, I'm going to let you go first oh, here. I'm the first official here of the week. Now, granted, there's no that games. That sandwich looks so. We good, had by to the get way. a little creative. Yeah, we did. <laughs> because we did. sorry, I'm, I'm admiring no, the sandwich on the it looks, screen. It looks. Look at the I'm bacon. I'm starving. It's I haven't nice, had dinner right? tonight. I really wish Blue Line was open. <laughs> Donnie, if you're watching, can you just fire up the grill? We're going to be done in a little bit. I'll just pop right over and I'll take one of these delicious chicken cutlet, bacon, melted American cheese, Russian dressing. I think dressing, that's a great idea. Toasted garlic sandwiches called the Blue Liner. Yeah. Uh, but my, oh yeah, my hero of the week. Yeah, please. Sorry. I got really yeah. distracted by the sandwich. I get it. I get it. My hero of the week is Gary Bettman. Gary Bettman, huh? Commissioner of the National Hey, look, Hockey there he League. is. And there he is. There he is. <laughs> Gary Bettman gets my hero of the week because while a lot of people, this is rare. Yes, a lot of people give rare. him give him a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of garbage, and uh, he's <laughs> often criticized, and rightfully so at certain points. He has done a phenomenal job to get this league he has. through two very tough situations, and I think I would say that he he's done. You know, the NHL did a great job, a bang up job with how they handled the return to play for the playoffs, and I think they're. It gives a lot of people confidence in, in a situation where I think you and I were both skeptical in, in the summer where we're a lot more confident that this time around things are going to go pretty smoothly for the National Hockey League. Um, 
And I have to say that that you have to give Gary Bettman and, and Bill Daly and, and the National Hockey League a lot of credit. Also, the yeah. exciting this exciting plan uh, for them to play four games out in Lake Tahoe outside, yeah, which very I think cool. is phenomenal. Very I cool. think that's a great idea. I like it too. And when you're trying to make these games made for TV events, basically, because you're not having fans in these buildings, some of them, this is the perfect, perfect, perfect solution to make a, a made-for-TV event. I think it's get perfect. Some uh, get some people hyped for it, and 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 get some more eyeballs on the sport. I think I think thinking creatively like that. While no, we were, I dig we it. We were knocking them for the names for these divisions. Um, this was a great idea. This was a this was the the perfect solution. To, uh, yeah, to I'm get with these it. Outdoors. I, I would and, love and to be able to go. Yeah, because you know? I mean, it would have been great if you could have done something like that in Central Park or sure, um, you know, some other picturesque locations but obviously there is a lot of uh, logistical nightmare that goes along with that yes no question about it well i guess now i will take my turn for the hero of the week and i gotta say it's it's none other than our pal donnie owner and proprietor of the blue line Dellen bagels and let me tell you guys why not only because obviously he's great he sponsors the show which we we greatly appreciate but I've gotten to know this know this guy since we started doing this and since they, they hopped on board with us and partnering with us. And he's been nothing but just an absolute fantastic gentleman. And I was I went by there the other day. He didn't know he didn't know I was gonna tell this story. <laughs> but I went there just before they were closing. And we were just, you know, BS and talk and whatnot. And it must have been like they closed at four o'clock. And it must have been like twenty after, maybe even four thirty. And somebody came knocking on the door. And and instead of turning him away, and instead of saying, sorry, we're closed, right. unlocks the door, opens it, lets the guy in, and he, he makes him his order. And he, and he, and he, and he, and he you know, he gives him what, he, you know, what he's looking for. It was, it was unbelievable. Sounds exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the charity work and stuff like that that he does. I mean, we've talked about it on the show here before and uh, all the stuff with the community. I, I, can't say, I can't say enough great things about Donnie Rosner over at the Blue Line Deli and Bagels. So he is my hero of the week. Hope I didn't embarrass you there, buddy. And we got your picture up there. <laughs> Honestly, I hope I hope <laughs> if he's watching that, he is able to send us a sandwich because I'm starving right now. Um, I don't think that's going to work. I'm ch- I keep checking my phone, hoping he's texting me saying a sandwich is on the way. I don't think that's, that's going to work. But folks, has not happened yet. That By the was, way, I do want to tell, oh, okay. tell a quick story. I'm oh, not trying to cut you please, off. Please, yeah, sure. I keep. I know people can see me and they see me keep looking on my phone. Yeah, it's pretty rude, right? No, I mean yeah. I'm listening, and we're very doing very unprofessional. We're doing it's not, all right, It's up. pretty unprofessional. Be, well, because there there are people texting me. Uh, my mom, my sister actually texted me, and I assumed. Oh, I assumed that I put this on my Facebook, you know, sure. social media. You I thought assumed, they were watching. I thought they were watching. No. They were saying, "Oh, it looks great." Right. And no, my sister, my sister texted me about, uh, "Hey, how do I put uh, my fitness video on the TV from my phone?" So thanks, Heather, for totally being supportive for what we're doing over here. And you address that on the air? Yeah, hundred percent. 100%. Can you believe this guy? Hundred uh, percent. We're gonna have to have a talk. No, no. After this, this is, is over. This is this is part of this is part of the medium. We are we are not only talking about hockey, but taking we're and responding but to we're text messages. We're presenting our we're taking we're presenting ourselves beyond just <sighs> what our brand is. Some kind of presentation you're putting on here. Yeah, well, Arthur's Arthur's telling me I'm bad at Twitter. You know, well, my, family, my family, my family hates thing. me apparently. Yeah. So we're we're off to a great start. So, folks, that was <laughs> the Blue Line Delium Bagels Hero of the Week. And Remember, Donnie, send us sandwiches. You can get the Blue Liner half price starting tomorrow through Sunday. Delicious sandwich. Get yourselves in there. Great, great deal. So, thank you. Remember, they are also located at seven nineteen West Jericho Turnpike. In Huntington, let's take it back to the main screen. So we're yeah. bigger oh, now. That was quick, <laughs> right? Was really quick. Yeah, we're back in the arena. Record time. Ilya's still hanging out in the back there. He, he looks a little <laughs> stiff though. He hasn't moved since we started the show. So He's let's, just so enthralled by the conversation that we're having. I, I get it. I get it. It totally makes sense. So speaking of UBS Arena, they have recently moved the cameras indoors. Oh yes, yes. So now the you can see that. what's going on inside. They're going around the the rink now, doing the seats and everything mm-hmm. like that. So. Uh, if you're like me, I like to check in every now and then and uh, see how my seats are doing. I got some seats. Right. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so, yeah, the interior camera, that, that's pretty cool. I thought maybe after they were done with the outside, they'd just be done with the camera, but they're still doing it. No, I mean, and it's a very savvy move from from a, a business perspective, from Islanders' ownership, from, sure. from developing this facility, because you want to keep the excitement built for UBS Arena. And, and then what a, what. A, you know, there's not a better way to do it than continuously keep it in front of everyone and, and make it so that everyone knows that, that this is continuing to go on and doesn't get, get lost in everything else that is going on. The Islanders have done a great job. Obviously, um, John Ledecky has, has hosted a lot of media personalities during the playoffs at the um, 
the the preview club in Manhattan. Obviously, they've had a lot of events. The 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 um, topping off ceremony a couple months ago. Obviously, inviting members of the media, fan bases, um, you know, uh, veterans to go and tour the construction site. So you know, this is all very very smart marketing to keep it in front of everybody's faces. And, and again, it just creates more excitement for the building because it looks looks like it's going to be really exciting and really great wait. place to watch hockey. I don't want to leapfrog this season, but <laughs> I can't wait to get in that building. I can't wait. It looks gorgeous, right? Oh, you checking your phone again? Is everything all right? Is your sister okay? Did she work <laughs> out the Did she work out the dance video? No, no, I didn't. I didn't respond to her. Oh, I, I just wanted oh, to call. I, I wanted I to call her. It I wanted to call her out on air. But yeah, we might have to instill a, a no phones policy here at the the, the, the on the Twitch feed because now lot, people can see what we we're doing. We can see how on. disinterested you are. And doing this show now. Oh, yeah. You could hide it before because it was just the audio. <laughs> and it's really just disinterest in anything you're saying other than that. Mm-hmm. When I'm talking, I'm that totally zoned typical. in. I see. Of course. It's all about you. Oh, How did you even fit through the door? 100%. <laughs> that I don't, giant ego of yours. I don't think I've ever hid the fact that it's all about me, Sean. Really. That's see, folks, you're, you're, brought- finally, you're getting to know <laughs> on a much scarier level. Yeah. So here we are. Uh, you know what we didn't cover real quick before we wrap up? Short and sweet. Yeah. But uh, a little little change to the new offside rule. A little new offside rule now. Oh yes, I did. did we didn't talk about that. We the did other not. Way. You no longer have to have your foot on the ice. It just has to be over the plane of the blue line. Right. So we're I gonna feel like this is. I, I think in, in, it's a good idea, but it's also setting itself up, especially early on, for some for some headaches for everybody. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, everybody's going to kind of get used. To, I I would think it's going to lead to less challenges. I, I hope so. I, because, hope, I hope it creates more because flow. Because it, it takes one less variable out of the equation where, oh, it skates, it skates right. you know, it's off the ice. Right. Now it's just, okay, it looks like it's over the blue line. Right. Let it be. Yeah. So I, I think that's a good job by the by the NHL. You know, a little subtle change. Because, it, I mean, look, it, it has <laughs> – the funny thing is it's, it's, it's very much worked to the Islanders' benefit yes. in very recent history. <laughs> yes, it has. And now it's going to go out the door. But, I mean – it's just it's so silly when you know they're, they're stopping the, the the play for all that time. Just is his foot on the ice? You right. know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like I, I, I think I, this is a good for move. the betterment of the game. I'm I'm optimistic that it will, it will pan out. But obviously, I think the first couple first couple games, first couple weeks, first month or so, even yeah. the season, it's going to take some adjusting to. And I'm sure I'm sure it'll create more headaches than off the bat, and then it, and you'd want. But we'll see. Let's see. Like anything, everyone gets used to. The, everyone complains, or bemoans changes and whatever. And obviously, this I think this one actually got pretty good reviews from the fans that I saw and then the people that cover the game. But obviously, there are always going to be some that are going to bemoan it. But then at the end of the day, everyone gets used to it. Indeed, so, indeed, that's indeed. my two cents. Really appreciate it. I see. I I got to tune out while you were talking. I was thinking about something completely different. Probably, just, I wanted to try that out for size. Just probably see what the it was sandwich, because like. I was thinking about the sandwich <laughs> the entire time I was talking. It was a real good looking sandwich. I have to say. Um, so let's see. Now, I guess I'll, I'll give you a little, a little. Um, I don't know why I'm doing this, but a little time in the spotlight here before we close out. And what's going give on? Me with a little time in the spotlight. Well, look, pal, they're oh, back God. at camp. There's, you know, everybody's excited. Hockey's back. We know you're working half-heartedly over at NYI <laughs> Hockey now. So why don't you fill everybody in on what's going on over there? What, what, what's, what's the articles you got up there? What can we expect? As training camp opens here, yes, we're going full force into into the coverage for the Islanders. Once now the training camp's here, we're not talking full about force. speculation or, or rumors or hope that a season will start. It's here, mm-hmm. um, so obviously we'll be at, we, we'll be down at training camp the next couple of days, covering what's going on there. Try and give people as much much a, a perspective inside that we're seeing because people are going to be so far away from the game. It's, you know, people are going to be thirsty for for information and, and, and coverage. So. You know, we'll be full all over training camp. All over? All over. Okay, all they, over. you heard it. You heard it. So I don't, I don't know what you want me to say. Buddy, I'm trying to help you plug your site, man. I mean, your, your coverage is go, half decent. Go, well, with endorsements <laughs> like that, I mean, what more could you ask for? No, go. go it's pretty okay. To N- <laughs> go to nyihockeynow.com. You can subscribe for just uh, $29.99 for the entire year. I think we're there also going to work on some. Somehow you wrote uh, me into that. We're going to, yeah, well, because you're an idiot. Um <laughs> We're going to work on getting Almost people cursed. some 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 discounts because of the start of the season, trying to draw more excitement. So we're there working on that. Okay. And um, so, yeah, there's a lot of great content. There's going to be a lot of great content from inside training camp and obviously once games start from, from inside the Nassau Coliseum. So it'll be a lot of fun. Like I said before, I'm excited to finally be at a game. I'm excited to, to see real hockey be played and, and be there in person. Uh, and there was only a very select few that were up there in the Toronto bubbles to see it in person. Who did you have to sweet talk to to get them to allow you into the building? I've I've been doing this for like ten years. Yeah, this is not. But I mean, this might have been a good time for them to reconsider. 
I think every year is a good time for them to, to reconsider. I don't know why. I appreciate they still, the fact that you're going to admit that. I don't know why they still let me in, but you know, hopefully they're not watching this and hear well, that. Yeah, well, well, it is what it is. So I think <laughs> I think we can wrap wrap up there. Cue the music. Cue the music. There it is. So, folks, want to send a huge thanks to Arthur Staple of the Athletic for joining us here on our debut of Hockey Night New York over Twitch.tv. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And we want to send a huge thanks over to our sponsors, Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great service, great people. Check out the menu at BlueLineDeli.com. And don't forget to go over for the half-price hero, the Blue Liner, starting tomorrow through Sunday. We want to thank Thai Technology, a voice-over IP company, providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at ThaiTechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. Give them a call. And also a big thanks to our new sponsor through Go Hockey Media, the Hewlett House of Tires, located at 1740 Rockaway Avenue in Hewlett, offering a free tire rotation with oil change and $20 off tire alignment just mention the Hockey Night New York podcast when you stop in or call for an appointment at 516-593-2200 you can also check them out at HewlettHouseOfTires.com and a huge thanks to all of you out there for joining us on this debut broadcasting of our Twitch stream. We're going to be doing this every week during the season. Hope you enjoy it. If you got any ideas, any comments, please let us know. We want to thank you guys so much. We'll be back next week. And remember to follow us on social media on Twitter at Hockey.ny. Follow Christian at C underscore Arnold 01. Myself at Shawnee Hockey. Follow the show at Hockey.ny. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And remember, keep it here. Twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY for Christian Arnold. My name is Sean Cuthbert. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week. <laughs> nice wave, buddy. <laughs> Great job. Great job. Kill the mics. Should I? <laughs> <laughs>